Welcome. I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and even a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Everyday, at kristenesser.com, or on Instagram at kristenesser. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. Welcome to episode 17, the... Thanksgiving recovery edition. <laughs> so this is um, the week after Thanksgiving here in the U.S. And I had 15 people here for about a week. Uh, they roughly came in at different parts. And part of that 15 is my family, too. But uh, so it was a big it was a big family. That's a big family gathering for us. And it was great. It was so good to see my brothers and their kids and all the cousin time that was happening. And my dad came and yeah, it was wonderful. And the the actual Thanksgiving dinner came out well. The turkey was delicious. I had nothing to do with the turkey. Pies were great. Everything was great. So just um, still kind of uh, straightening up the house, getting things uh, back in order. And I was really glad that I did that kind of kitchen deep cleaning you know, went through the refrigerator and the freezers and, you know, all the important parts of the kitchen to to feel like that was in a good place before things got crazy. And so I'm really glad to go into Christmas and the holidays here with, with kind of uh, that as a foundation. I actually have my oven on self-cleaning right now because there was a bit of an apple pie overflowage. <laughs> And so get that all taken care of. And, and uh, I'm kind of excited to move from fall, which I don't feel like we really had, but you know, into to winter and the upcoming holidays. But I'll talk a little bit more about that um, at the end of the podcast. So um, yeah, so the whole entertaining thing was imperfect, but still fun. And um, hopefully, you know, it was uh, more about the people than making sure that everything was was, you know, technically perfect. So um my sister-in-law it brought some fabric and um, a pattern for a Christmas quilt that she's working on that she bought after Christmas last year, which is kind of the perfect time to buy Christmas fabric, right, in some ways. And it was um, ugly sweater fabric from Sweetwater, and it was so cute. And so um, she brought a pattern, and, and we were able to, you know, I was able to help her get stuff, you know, cut out. Well, she did all the work. I just kind of explained what to do. But the quilt is basically, um, you know, probably 16, maybe 20 churn dash blocks, and the center of the churn dash is a fussy cut, ugly sweater. And it's just super cute. And so um, even though I had to basically break down my sewing area for Thanksgiving and entertaining, you know, all those people... Um, by the time we got around to doing the sewing, people were starting to filter out and I was able to kind of reclaim it a little bit. And so that was really fun. It was, it was really fun to, um, help her kind of get that going and chat with her. I did some hand sewing while she was sewing. And then my, um, couple of my nieces came down, dug into my scrap bin of midi charm squares, and they've got such an amazing color sense, created some little nine patches that they 
collected, um, you know, just hand sewed together. And it's, it's really fun for me to just see kids who really don't have any hangups about accuracy, just kind of go for it. You know what I mean? You know, just eyeballing everything and, and very uh, instinctual color choices and color placements. And it kind of opened my eyes to how uptight I can really be about things like that and that I could probably benefit from just, you know, sort of loosening up a bit. So, um, so yeah, so in addition to, you know, just all the fun chatting and drinking lots of coffee and wine and sewing, um, I was able to kind of stumble upon a new configuration for my sewing area. So once I kind of took everything that was movable and brought it up to my bedroom to just kind of clear space, we turned the dining room table um, a different direction in the room to accommodate the leaf, you know, so that it was longer, which then crowded it against this kind of sofa table slash uh, bookshelf that's against the back of the couch right there. So we moved that to another wall. It's just like a low bookshelf. And I've wondered for years what this bookshelf would look like over on the wall against the stairs. Turns out it looks really good and gives me more space in the sewing area. So that was really good. I really was tempted to leave the leaf in the table because man that is a really nice big workspace but it does make that area quite a bit more crowded and didn't really leave me a a place for um the ironing board so I don't know if I'll take a picture of it or not but it kind of you know had it gave me the opportunity to freshen up the workspace and to rethink the organization of of that space I don't know if you can hear my cat is behind me and he's like really wanting some attention he's he's meowing hard but um so that was kind of fun it was just like this sort of uh you know, unforeseen benefit of, of using that space differently for a few days was to, to reconfigure it. And I'm not sure I'm going to leave it there the way it is. I'm used to having this bookshelf behind the couch so that when I sit on the couch and sew or whatever, there is this table, you know, the top of the bookshelf. It's low. It's a low and wide bookshelf made to go up against a, a couch. And it's a, a little table for me to set my drink. And, you know, it's actually where I usually keep my camera and stuff. And so there's like not a good place to set my drink right now by that when I'm at that sewing on that um, couch. So we'll have to just figure that out. But uh, yeah, just kind of uh, ready to be headed into the next season here. I am sitting here drinking my Harney and Sons um, dragon jasmine pearls tea, which is kind of my go-to tea in the mornings when I don't want a lot of more ca- more caffeine and uh, don't want to think about it too hard. So I've talked about that one a lot. It's absolutely green jasmine tea is, is one of my favorites. I hope you are drinking something kind of fun and cozy. We are still having some really warm weather. It's still in the high 70s by the at the high point of the day here in Southern California. In the mornings, it can be nice and, you know, relatively chilly in the 50s, which is refreshing, but it it's still heating up. So we're not into hot chocolate season yet, that's for sure. I do want to take a second right now to thank a few um, people who left reviews. First of all, I forgot to mention on the last podcast, Dog Walking Mama left a wonderful review. It's so fun to read these reviews and listen to people talk about me in the third person. So <laughs> I'm so glad that um, that you guys are liking the podcast. I always feel a little insecure when I put it out there, but I just really do want it to be like just having a little chat with friends over, you know, coffee or tea. And let's just talk about crafting and books and shows and life and what it's like to 
um, just be a, a mom and a wife and a maker, you know, this day and age. So also CLE Baldwin and Mac MH. Thank you so much for, for leaving reviews. Um, I read every single one of them and screenshot them and text them to my friends. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So let's get into quilting. Basically, the only thing that I have been sewing lately is the quilt that um, Patty and I designed for the hand-pieced quilt along. So um, a, a lot of people have been asking, you know, to see the quilt. And to be honest with you, um, I'm not even done with mine yet. So the quilt along doesn't start until January. So this is my time to, to sew. Um, I, at this point, um, finished up the blocks. I did the sashing during Thanksgiving, uh, sitting at the big extended table with my sister-in-law at the sewing machine and my two nieces sitting there hand sewing, I started doing the sashing and um, now I am halfway done with the borders. So I've done two of the four borders. So I actually need to cut and sew the other ones. Man, do I love sewing, hand sewing, sashing and borders to blocks because it's so easy. And even though I am a person that likes to mark my seam allowances on every piece of fabric, I've kind of learned I don't do that when I'm doing sashing because I like to hand sew on the side of the block that's the most complicated, that's got the most things going on. Because of the way you hand sew through through seam allowances, I want the most seam allowances on the top. So, you know, obviously a piece of sashing or borders doesn't have, you know, there's nothing going on there. So that can very easily go on the back side of the work. Does that make sense? The only problem with uh, doing a lot of hand sewing when you're talking to other people is that if I had been paying a little closer attention, I, I would have done things a little bit differently. I, I, I laid out this quilt in EQ8 and I plugged the fabrics in and you kind of played around with my fabric choices in EQ8 and printed that out as reference. But as I was sewing, I made a few different choices here and there, um, you know, of colors or the different prints and, th and things like that. And so when I went to sew it together, and I, I paid a lot of attention in the design phase of um, the balance of the quilt. As a matter of fact, I even had to change a block because it was a little too empty. We had to add some little corner units on it to make it not look out of place. So I had this printed out as reference. And so when I sat down um, at this, you know, very full table of people sewing to, to do the sashing, which I'd already pre-cut, um, I just looked at my EQ8 printout for... Um, for reference, you know, for which pieces I needed to sew the sashing onto. And I didn't really lay the whole thing out and look at it, kind of forgetting that it didn't actually look like this printout anymore. And so I just, you know, sewed them together and sewed them into rows and, you know, just did the whole thing. And then when I, uh, after I pressed it and, you know, photographed it, I was like, oh man, like up here in the right-hand corner, there's kind of a clumping of this type of of fabric, you know, of like it was okay. The color was okay. It's just that it was a little too much of a single fabric. And, and there, that just kind of happened in a few places where I was like, oh, if I had really been paying closer attention, I would have maybe swapped out these blocks a little differently. So, but at this point, there was no way I was going to pick it out. So, what it is just going to be what it's going to be is a little reminder to me that, um, you need to pay attention when you're getting that final quilt top together. And it doesn't look horrible or anything like that. It's in, And if I wasn't telling you, you might not notice. But in case you do notice, I want you to know that I saw it too. So that um, that has been so much fun. I've got, I think, a pretty much uh, permanent 
you know, callus on my middle finger from the from the finger <laughs> pricking. It doesn't get sore anymore because that callus is, is really building up. And as uh, I'm kind of finishing the top, I'm starting to think about how I want to hand quilt it because obviously it has to be hand quilted, right? There's, uh, they're blocked with a lot of pieces. So I'm just trying to figure out, yeah, just kind of mulling that over and whether I want to kind of trace a, a traditional design on it, you know, like, I don't know what's it called. I want to call it a Baptist fan. Is that right? You know, we're just kind of like these um, concentric semicircles that kind of pile up on each other. Or if I just want to um, go a quarter inch inside each of maybe even just the background pieces, what might be enough quilting. So I don't know. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking about that. I'm also thinking about my plans for 2019. So I pulled up my quilters planner and I think I'm going to do something a little bit crazy for me. And that is, I think I'm going to use my quilters planner as my paper calendar this year. So every year I buy a paper calendar. I do use Google Calendar and I rely heavy, heavily on it, especially for recurring um, activities, you know, that you don't want to write down every week. And I use it to set um, alerts so that I don't forget things. But um, it has been my way to have a paper calendar just open on the counter, you know, like kind of by our telephone and where that kind of stuff is kept. And the calendar I used, I'm going to bend down and pick it up. I've used it for years is from the Peter Popper Press, and it's called the um, 18 month family calendar. This is the family calendar. The other one, it used to be called the mom's calendar. And the only difference is that um, it already had pre-printed the word mom in this part I'm going to talk about now. So this, um, when you open it up, it's a full week and there are one, two, three, four, five. Each day is, is split into five columns and the first one usually is printed mom now that's just empty because this is the family calendar say mom and this worked perfectly for me because then I had a column for um, my three kids for Chloe Joan and Ben and then an, an empty one which is where I always put my meal plan so what I'm saying is that this every day is broken up into these columns for each person so as um, you know Ben has an orthodontist appointment, I will just put it in his column. Like right now, you know, I've got his his soccer schedule and his drum lessons and, you know, all those, you know, orthodontist appointments, all those sorts of things. And everybody was very much in the habit of looking down and looking at, you know, what might be on their schedule for the day. And then, um, and that's where everybody goes to look for what's for dinner that night. This is where I write what we're having for dinner. And it's just, you know, it's just like yesterday says chicken noodle soup, bread and salad, you know, that's, that's it. And then I have my own column. Um, and I never really color coded it because you didn't have to because I know some people do that, but everybody had their own column. Well, my life is changing. And let's just say that Chloe and Jonah, my two kids who are away in college, their columns are very sadly empty. <laughs> so this is just, it's, I love it. And I've used it for 10 plus years and I save my old calendars. And when I'm getting a little bit stuck meal planning, I will pull out old calendars and see what were we eating last year or two years ago or five years ago at this time and go, oh my gosh, that is a recipe that's fallen out of rotation. So so anyways, I think that maybe I am going to um, try to, I'm not going to use that calendar this year. I've got this lovely quilters planner. I'm pulling that off the table right now. 
and um, it also has a monthly spread just like my regular calendar and a weekly spread I love a weekly spread because I just need I'm so visual I need to see that and um, so they just have a column it's it's sort of oriented differently the column is for each day and um, they, there's room for um, there's like three must do's at the top and then you know, it has a list of like the numbers six through nine, sort of 6 a.m. through 9 p.m., which I will, um, you know, I might jot in uh, like when an appointment is there, but I can definitely like just carve out a place at the bottom of each each day here. That's where I'm going to write my menu plan. There is a, there's space along the bottom of this for personal to-do list, a quilting to-do list, shopping lists and notes. I could even do the meal plan. No, I like the meal plan on the per day. And there's a habit tracker, which I could really use for things like making sure I take my vitamins or drinking enough water. So I think I'm just going to, I'm going to use this. And, and what I really like here is um, I can, now I have a bullet journal where I really knock out my daily to-do list, but these uh, little areas on the bottom of this for the to-do list and the notes can be just where you sort of just jot those things that are at the top of your mind um, that need to get really, you know, rolled into like the, the plan for the day or something. So anyways, so I'm going to um, use the Quilters Planner. I am also getting excited about, you know, filling out the things I want to get done. Because one of my goals for 2019 is to quilt all the quilts. I have quite a backlog of quilts that are pieced and basted and, and ready to be quilted and I'm just feeling a little intimidated by it. And part of it is that for all the practice I've done, I'm still a very insecure free motion quilter. I'm even thinking about backtracking a bit on my Moda Bake Shop quilt, which is, in my opinion, ginormous. It's like 73 inches squared. And I was totally planning on free motioning it using the plans that Holly Ann did over at String and Story. She did this great series of blog posts where she gave um, quilting plans for sort of a easy, medium, hard, <laughs> you know, different, different um, levels of quilting ability. And I was totally thinking about doing that. And maybe I still will. But at this point, there's part of me that just wants to straight line quilt that whole sucker. But, you know, I say that because right now that seems easier but in my in reality I know that straight line quilting is not in fact easier I've actually never really done a whole quilt that was just straight line quilted um, I do know that the more lines you have the less you see the imperfections um, but that seems kind of really intimidating and possibly a little boring to quilt such a big quilt you know, straight lines. I'm tempted to do my organic wavy lines because I love that, but I just don't think that it fits this quilt. I'd almost like to give it to a long armor, but it's already basted. So, so anyways, I really want to do that. I want to um, get caught up on that quilting. It's, I feel like it's hanging over my head and I don't, I don't like that. The other thing I really want to do is, well, I've already talked a million times about the rooftop wonders, rooftop wonders quilt that I want to make for my son, Ben. And but beyond that, I want to play. I want to get back to playing in the sewing room, having an idea, seeing if it works out, toss it in the scrap bin if it doesn't, and just quilt without so much of an agenda. And one of the things that um, I want to explore in that vein is a book I got for Christmas or my birthday last year called The Improv Handbook for Modern Quilters. 
a guide to creating, quilting, and living courageously. So this is a book that's got a message that, you know, I basically need to hear. And so I've pulled that out today and I was looking at it. It is written by uh, Sherry Lynn Wood, and I will definitely put a link in the show notes. But basically, she looks at approaching, you know, like playing around as like a musical score. And so she actually calls them, she calls them scores. And she will create like, okay, so like she's got, uh, you know, I don't want to call it a pattern, a suggestion called, I think the first one's maybe called floating squares or something. And then in that score, she tells, she gives you some limiting factors like limit your color choices to three choices or limit your shapes to this. Because with improv, if, if everything is on the table all the time, it's, it's too overwhelming and often it doesn't really look good. Whenever I, I see improv quilts, I'm really drawn to the ones where they've used like two colors. And even if they're kind of like the shapes are wacky, the limited color palette really um, speaks to me. Or if it's um, more of an unlimited color palette, but they're all strings or squares or something, then that kind of speaks to me. So that's the idea. And then within that framework, whatever you've chosen however you've decided you wanted to sort of limit your design, then she has these other adaptations where you can kind of further refine those um, about how you are assembling the the quilt top or I don't know, just, uh, you know, just other factors like that. And I just have really been wanting to dig in and and play with this. um, And I just haven't. So I want to carve out time to just play, discover new color combinations that I like, set aside accuracy for a while and just cut things free form with scissors and just sew them together and look at what I have and then decide how I want to proceed, you know, just kind of design on the fly and be completely okay with the fact that none of this needs to become a quilt that I actually quilt and use even that that like, it's okay that I don't like it, you know, how many how many canvases are out there for painters that never really see the light of day because it just didn't work out? You know, you don't see the hundreds of sketches that went into it. And that that's kind of just uh, where I want to take my quilting, I think, a little bit this year is, is basically just to play more. Okay, that kind of just wraps up what I'm thinking. And man, I've really gone on and on about that. But uh, that kind of wraps up what I'm thinking about quilting. Now onto what's on my needles, which is still striped socks. You know, at this point... Doesn't everybody should just always have a pair of socks on the needles? (laughs) That's how I feel. I'm not building knitting anything ambitious. My plans for Norway that never worked out are still sort of sting in the back of my head. So, whenever I get sick of hand sewing, I just set it aside and pull out the knitting needles. So, um, you know, that it's so nice to have kind of two crafts like that that. I can sort of switch between and and not feel any any pressure about the other thing that I really need to get you know as as another break another thing I should set up is is my sewing machine for quilting so that once uh, my fingers are sore from hand sewing I can you know do some um, this actual quilting on my machine which I feel like is, is you know getting a little dusty I need to, to get back to that and then at night uh, just to keep me awake while we're watching that last. Uh, TV show was a family at night. Um, you know, just pull out the knitting needles for that. Let's talk about books. I first I was thinking that I did not have a lot to say about books since our last podcast, but I've got a 
whole lot of notes here. So let's see. Once I finished um, my audiobook for Why is for Yesterday, which I talked about on the last podcast, which I enjoyed very much, and I really need to go dig out a few more Sue Grafton's and to make sure that I have listened to or read every single one of them. I wasn't really sure where to go. Um, I do have, you know, books on my Kindle that that I hadn't um, gotten to, and I even had a few library books, but I was feeling a little uninspired. So I revisited a book that I never quite finished that I talked about on the podcast called Bookshop on the Corner by Jenny Colgan. I was, I don't know, three quarters of the way through that, so I just had to knock it off. And I've seen a few people online who read it. It's, it was okay. <laughs> on my notes here, it says meh. <laughs> um, it was okay. It was it was a little predictable. It's one of those little cozy books. And um, I think I got it for 99 cents. So I don't regret reading it. But I can't give it a full fledged endorsement. The book that I think I'm going to start today, so I kind of hesitate to talk about books that I haven't read, but I'm going to is The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. I haven't read a lot of books by Kristen Hanna, but I did read The Nightingale uh, maybe two years ago and loved it. And so um, I saw the modern Mrs. Darcy. She's so good to get book recommendations from, like almost too many book recommendations. But every once in a while when she posts in her stories that the, the Amazon deals are really good that day, I often check it out and I almost always end up buying something. So I did that yesterday for The Great Alone by Chris and Hannah. It was available on Kindle for $2.99. I am recording this on November 27th, 2018, and I checked this morning, and it is, in fact, still $2.99. So that information is probably going to be outdated by the time you listen to it, but I thought I would just throw that out there. So that is going to be the next book I tackle. I'm, I'm very excited about that. I am listening to an audiobook um, on Libby. Again, thank you to all the people who told me about the Libby app and how fun and easy it is to uh, get audiobooks from libraries. And I live in a place that has a lot of independent libraries, and I have a library card for every one of them. So all of a sudden, I feel like my choices are so much bigger than they used to be. I am listening to The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. This is my first book by Neil Gaiman, although I am, you know, I think that I've seen movies that have been adapted from his books. Um, He reads this. He is a very good reader with a, you know, wonderful British accent. I am not that far into it, so I will have to reserve judgment. Um, Like, I'm only... I think I'm on chapter five, you know, and it's 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 early days here, but I'm liking it very much. I really like his style of writing, and um, it's a little bit fantasy. Um, I'm totally loving that. So let me know if you've read that. I, I I'm really enjoying that. One thing that I am super excited about is the new Inspector Gamache book by Louise Penny is out this week, and the second it came out. I put it on my wish list for Christmas. I will restrain myself. Um, I really, I want to go simple on Christmas this year, which I say every single year. But after um, my big trip, um, I just, you know, I kind of feel like that is uh, Christmas, birthday, Mother's Day all rolled into one <laughs> when I got to go to Norway. So um, I just need a few fun things, you know, books for the kids to get me or something. So um, The Kingdom of the Blind is the new Louise Penny book, and I am super excited to read that. I flew through 
that whole series uh, last year, and I, I almost want to start over and read them again. I won't quite do that yet. But um, yeah, so very excited about that. I have no idea if it's any good, but I'm, you know, I will, I will read it no matter what. And the other book that's on my mind right now is Winter Solstice by Rosamund Pilcher. I've talked about her before. She's one of my favorite authors um, that I discovered on Amazon back when I was completely obsessed with Maeve Binchy. And it was one of those, if you like Maeve Binchy, then you might like Rosamund Pilcher, which I do. I don't like a lot of her early books, but starting with The Shell Seekers and Forward, I've, I've loved them all. And one of them is called Winter Solstice. This is one of these weird Kristen quirks where I reread this book almost every year at Christmas time. It is it is my Christmas book and it takes place around Christmas and in the book, which is why I do this. And um it's a, it's a wonderful story. I don't want to tell you too much about it, but in the the Rosamund Pilcher way, the story revolves around a house. Like I, I I've mentioned this before that I feel like houses are characters in her books, which I love. It her books always inspire me um, in my homemaking. Um, it always makes me want to sit down and, and have a cup of tea. And there's just there's something about the way she's always she's describing kitchens with the the scrubbed oak table and the you know tea kettle on the the aga stove and frying up bacon and eggs and sausages every morning. There's just there's something about the way she talks about it that I find so appealing. The way in this book they kind of you know throw together um, a Christmas gathering that is is how I feel that um, social gatherings should be that that sort of it all comes together very naturally without a lot of stress but in a in a really fun way so anyways I don't want to give too much away about the book I really enjoy it and it just kind of gets me in that holiday spirit um, and I, I can so at this point in I can picture the town that this takes place in in my mind and sometimes when I'm going to sleep and I'm having a hard time getting to sleep I literally close my eyes and I picture the little town square, and I kind of mentally walk through this town that she's described it so perfectly, and I never get very far, and then I'm asleep. So there's something like just super calming. I know that's a that's another weird Christian quirk. So yeah, so that's kind of my list of books. Again, I'll put a whole list in the show notes if you're if you're interested at all. The other thing that I'm watching or watched rather, I talked about last episode. It's called Jamestown. It's on PBS. It was early days on that one a couple weeks ago, but now it's two weeks later and I have watched all of season one and two. So now I can endorse it. I do enjoy it. It's no doubt in Abby, <laughs> but the characters really grow on you. Um, it gives you a perspective at this time in history that um, I didn't really have before and what it was what it was truly like to live here when we were first, um, when people were first settling in the U.S., so, um, so if you can get that on your PBS station, oh, actually, no, I, I lied. I've binged all of season one and only the first one of season two. Weirdly, I only have access to, to the first episode. Usually, as soon as it comes out, I have access to all of them, but I don't. I was definitely excited to watch season two. So um, that continues to have my, my full endorsement. On the homemaking side of things... I've got on my mind what I bet you do too, and that is um, the holidays coming up. I like a little bit of space between my holidays. 
And no shame on anyone who sets their Christmas tree up the day after Thanksgiving or the day after Halloween, for that matter, which I feel like I've seen a lot of that. I actually kind of like where, where, where Halloween, where Thanksgiving was this year. I felt it was a little bit early. And I don't really get going into the Christmas, even Christmas shopping or anything until after Thanksgiving. So I feel like I have an extra week this year. Sometimes it's three weeks and I go straight into panic mode, but it's four weeks this year. And so I feel like I've got a little bit more space. And because we had guests, um, you know, I wasn't able to get all the Christmas stuff down after Thanksgiving. Often the weekend after Thanksgiving, we pull the stuff out of the attic so, so that I can kind of start. But that didn't happen. That's okay because the first weekend... Or the, the, you know, or the second weekend after Thanksgiving, this coming weekend is the 1st of December, which I feel is very appropriate to start Christmas decorating. And I kind of stumbled onto a method of doing this last year that I would like to recreate this year. And that is, I put up the Christmas tree. We have a fake Christmas tree because I have to be honest with you, we did the whole take the kids and cut down a tree and bring it back and set it up. That is, a, that is a wonderful experience. It has never panned out for me. It is like a, that is a fantasy experience. In reality, we can never find a good tree and the tree's scratching up the paint on the car and it makes a mess when we drag it in. The Somebody invariably spills the water. We've actually had to have sections of carpet replaced because all the gross water spilled on it. And then if you get it too early, it starts dropping needles. The cat's drinking the water and the thing. Like none of this is appealing to me. But a beautiful, good quality, pre-lit, with all white lights tree is right up my alley. <laughs> so I can pull that down, pull that out of the box, have that set up in five minutes, and then just leave it like that for a while. And it is so pretty. I just love like sitting in the morning by the light of the Christmas tree. But we did not even decorate that tree until I think Chloe came home from college last year, which was like maybe a week before Christmas. And I just really liked having just this plain lit tree up. So that's going to be the first thing I do. I'm going to put that up. And um, this year, I'm in the very luxurious position for me to pull the stuff out of the attic and leave it in. We have an unoccupied bedroom right now, which is um, Chloe's room. I can, you know, kind of stage all the Christmas stuff in there, which normally I can't. It's usually in the hallway or piled up in the garage or something. And then I think I would just really like to slowly decorate over the course of a week. And one thing that I've really learned that I like, and again, this is 20 years in the making, is I love putting garlands. And these are just fake garlands from Target. They're not, you know, we have no access to any real garlands. I like putting garlands over doorways. So I put it over the, you know, garland over the, the door front door outside and inside we have french doors i put a garland over that um i don't think i did one over the kitchen window last year but i'm doing it this year um like just basically any window that can handle it i'm putting a garland because it's so easy but somehow that looks so christmassy garlands and lights just those little 2.99 lights from again from target putting those over windows to me, it's just, it's like this amazing transformation that kind of looks more wintry than Christmassy. And I often leave the lights up. Um, even when I break down the Christmas decorations, I leave those, I can, I call them winter decorations and I leave them up for a while because I really like to kind of light up these little areas when it's darker in the winter. So I, I want to do, and, and then I wrap the stair, we have a staircase and I, I wrap the, the banisters with that. And that to me 
if I just did that in the tree, I would kind of be okay in the stockings. That would almost be enough. So I, I think that I'm going to really kind of look at every, all the little knickknacky Christmas things, which are adorable. And I have, you know, collected over years, but I'm going to examine them a little um, more closely this year to decide how much of that stuff I really want, want to put out and see if I can edit that down a little bit. I might get some pushback from the kids who are used to seeing, you know, all those little knickknacky things of, from their childhood. But um, I'm going to play around with that and see if I can simplify the decorations and really hone in the, on the things that make things uh, make the house feel really festive. And some of this thinking is influenced by um, this uh, class that I watched. I've talked about the cozy minimalist home. Um, I haven't done that blog post about the, the redo on the family room, which I'm still really happy about. But when I bought that book, I, I got these these classes that are seasonal seasonal. So there's one for, you know, fall, winter, spring, and summer and I watched the the winter one and um and she talks about again I don't want to give too much away they're very affordable classes and, and they're like I don't know maybe 30 minutes or something and it just gives you some stuff to think about but she talks about as you decorate seasonally instead of a bunch of store-bought decor think about um sight your senses sight sound taste and smell um, and, and touch, you know, like in terms of textures. And so um, a lot of what makes a house festive is having some music on and, um, and the, the seasonal things that you're cooking, you know, the, the Christmas cookies and, um, and even just doing kind of a, one of those, you know, simmering spices on your stove so that there's more to it than just um, a lot of a lot of knickknacks, you know. So that's also what I want. Really want to get some Christmas. I'm looking forward to getting some Christmas music playing and and to start cooking some some things. Um, like we, I just made soup with the turkey stock from our um, Thanksgiving dinner and um, for dinner yes last night. And then we went for a walk. When I came back, I walked in. And I said, "Oh, it smells like soup," and I love it. <laughs> you know, just those sort of things that create a home more than just how it's decorated. I'm sure I'll talk more about um, holiday celebrations and Christmas and, and how that's panning out for us as we go. But I think that's it for today. So thanks again for joining me. I hope that you um, are, you know, enjoying sliding into the holiday season, whatever that means for you. And uh, I hope you've had a wonderful time just sitting here and hope you, hopefully sipping something fun to drink. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>